podcasting from beautiful East Tennessee and brought to you by Big Red Van Productions. This is Scared Money, an NFL picks and sports betting show intended for all experienced levels of players who like to laugh while they count their money. Our hosts make their picks based off what they see on the field and little else. In tonight's episode, we discuss parlays and teasers, review our week eight records and release our week nine plays, discuss optimal s'more construction, and decide once and for all, is it Halloween or Halloween? We hope you enjoy. And here we are into episode two of the Scared Money Podcast. I'm Wade with Hayden and Jared. I'm very excited to be here. We've got some talking about Halloween to do. First of all, I guess Halloween, Halloween. Where do, where do you stand, Hayden? Halloween, Halloween. I, I mean, Halloween. It's Halloween. Jared, Halloween, Halloween. Yeah, I, I'm a Halloween. Halloween. I think, uh, doesn't it go way back to All Hallows Eve as kind of the original origin for Halloween? That's fair. Yeah. I yeah. just say you know? Halloween. I'm goddamn American. I mean, so it, I say Halloween. I mean, is it tomato tomato? <laughs> is it uh yeah. Mace, is it a Mason Dixon line distinction of how you say it, Jared? I mean, uh, you know, I yeah, I don't know. Holla holla Halloween. It's Halloween. Halloween, Halloween, hollow. I'm hollow. a holla, I'm a holla, holla. How did uh, how did Halloween go? I mean, we're all parents, so we all have the youngins. Uh, um, how did it go, Hayden? I got hooked up. We have so much candy. Mm. Like I'm loaded. Candy, all in the, the good house. stuff too. Gallon, you know, freezer bags like of assorted things because we, we had to sort it out into those sides of bags. Assorted things. Like, what's your favorite assorted thing? Oh man, like it, moods, man. Like it, it ranges from Skittles moods. to Starburst to Twix. Uh, Snickers, Milky Ways. Milky like, Way, there I mean, it is. You finally hit it after like you seven. Know what? Oh. I was very disappointed. No Milky Way midnights of any kind in, mm. in the like 15, 20 pounds worth of candy that we got. No Milky Way midnights. And I was depressed. That's blasphemy. Milky Way midnight is, uh, that is just. I got like three Butterfingers, which are like, I don't know if you're aware, but that's probably one of the best crunchy candy bars. I if I, You don't know if I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> Um, wow. And then, like, there was only like two almond joys, mm. and I love me an almond joy. Okay, so you just said it, almond joy. Is it almond joy or almond joy? I think it's two words. It's like it's like uh, Taco Bell. Some people say talk <laughs> Taco Bell, and some people say Taco Bell. I think I say like Taco what Bell. emphasis and syllable are we using here? Yeah, I, I definitely say it Taco Bell. I yeah, I say I'm going I to Taco Bell. Yeah, I don't give a hard space. Oh. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. See, it's it's. I think it's a Mason Dixon line like distinction. Taco Bell. And I've lived on both or sides Taco of Bell. it. Like that's that's what that's the difference. It's Taco Bell or Taco Bell. It is. That's exactly how Taco, it is. Yeah. Taco so, Bell. It's, it's Taco Bell. Halloween. Halloween. It's the yes. same. Uh, Damn. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think if we put a survey together and uh, people that answered one way would answer the same for the other. Yeah. That's probably true. Yeah. We should do it. We should do it. Anyway, uh, you said candy. Yeah. Uh, Milky Way is definitely on the Rushmore far left. But, Jared, Jared, how was your uh, Halloween? Man, it, it was really good. Um, Candy-wise, it's funny you mentioned Butterfinger because after my wife actually took the kids trick-or-treat and we had a, a little get-together over at our house. We had uh, two family, uh, two family friends come over with their kids, so they all hung out with our kids. Um, they went trick or treating and when they got back, 
my wife was like, okay, who has a Butterfinger? It was like the golden ticket. And it's there. I guess they're pretty rare these days in the trick or treating world. But um, I'm gonna be I'm honest. I didn't see did. one. I did not see a yeah, single yeah. one. That's a good. That's I'm a good telling point. you, I got three minis. Like you know, the little like one yeah. inch by one inch size candy bars you get in Halloween candy. Yeah, I got three of those. Not even like a true mini bar. Like the mini mini. So yeah, but I mean, I'm the same. Like with you, I think you guys rattled off all the stuff that I've been on. It's like get this candy out of my house. I've been eating <laughs> on Skittles and Starburst, Snickers. I like How a good York, about... York peppermint patty man myself. Are you really? I am. I, I am. I, I'm no. not a mint guy. Yeah, I'm mm. not. I'm not big on those. But what I am big on is: Have you ever made a s'more? With a Reese cup. What? Mm. Yes. Yes, sir. We do. We yeah. We do fire not. pits in our backyard frequently, and that is my s'more of choice. Yes. Is with the Reese's peanut. That that is that's. Thank a treat you, right thank there. you, guys. I'm gonna blow Macy's mind with this. Oh, it's like, like the greatest thing ever. And, my, I mean, and my, there's nothing that says you can't throw the chocolate bar on there too and just get extra crazy, but you know, but it works as a substitute oh, to the Hershey bar. Yeah, I mean, just go nuts. I, I don't. I don't think. Yeah. That Macy would need the extra chocolate on there, but uh, she her I'm gonna blow her mind with that. Oh yeah, dude. yeah. Thank you for that. That's oh, yeah. that's huge. And you yeah. got two marshmallows. That's like that, that's that like dad. That's like nonsense. dad of the year stuff right there. I'm, te- I'm oh, telling yeah. you, you, you know, you you introduce a kid to that. I mean, you you yeah you're you're. I mean, set. that's that's a lifetime memory. <laughs> I mean it. That that's good stuff right there. I I, I, I still enjoy it. a traditional s'more, so I don't only exclusively eat them that way. But damn it, they're good that way. Mm. Yeah, basically, basically we, uh, it's when there is a Reese's cup available to me, and we're making s'mores, I will always eat that Reese's cup with my s'mores. But I generally will just be fine with a normal s'more. But yeah, oh, yeah. It, it's about going above and beyond to make sure that the Reese's cup is available for your small. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not always that on the on point with it, but right now I've got a gallon tra- a gallon size freezer bag full of Reese's cups, so I'm loaded. So what kind of costumes are we talking? So obviously I loaded up on candy too. I've got two wild ones, five and seven, and and they just loaded up quick. And as soon as we got home. It was all dumped out on the floor, and it was sorted. My daughter is very OCD. Um, I mean, we have uh, an entertainment center that's got a bunch of different cabinets in it, and each cabinet had a different kind of candy in it, and it was it was full. Wow. Like, like one of them had Reese's in it. One of them had Starburst in it. One of them had Skittles. It was it was all sorted and Macy's and Coles and all that. So we, we all cleaned up in candy, but what kind of costumes are we talking? So I'm, mine's age five and three. So my daughter, aged five. Uh, do you guys have Disney Plus? Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. So there's a show on there that I had never heard of until about a year ago. One of the little girls that my wife watches introduced us to a show called Zombies and Zombies Two. You guys <laughs> heard of it? I have not actually. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah, I I hadn't either. It's on Disney Plus though. It's like a musical. And um, they so they do little song and dance and there's zombies, werewolves, um, other stuff like it's really catchy. Wade, I guarantee if you showed Macy it, probably start with zombies, too, because kids, I don't think they really follow everything. Anyway, the the real question that the real question dad to dad is, do I want to show this to Macy (laughs) or or, or no? Like, do I want it on repeat in my house? They've got a pretty catchy soundtrack. I'll say that. I'll gotcha. admit. Hand up. Pretty catchy soundtrack. <laughs> okay. Found myself humming some tunes around the house. 
no yeah. big deal. Hey, listen, there's um, no there's no shame in in Disney dadding it over here. I love you know? Disney. Oh. Yeah, well, I think we're we've all but, three uh, done the whole Disney dad thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be oh, yeah. taking them to Disney or Disney Cruise or, you know, uh, having Disney Plus on repeat and humming the songs and singing, you know, doing the dances. It's all part of it, man. Yeah. Yeah. So so she went as a character um, and I'm, I'm blanking on the name from the of the actual character that she was from that. Um, gosh, I'll never remember it. But then my son three and a half last year we tried to get him into a dinosaur costume he loves dinosaurs he's like infatuated with him last year we tried to get him into the dinosaur costume didn't work out this year he maintained that he was not wearing a costume not wearing a mask not doing any of that and so the night of halloween we got him into one of those like it's almost like those little sleeper you know those fleece sleepers the footy sleepers oh yeah well we have one that without the actual footy part in it you know you like you could wear regular shoes with it with a dinosaur head like a hood on it that's a dinosaur head and he wore that went trick-or-treating so that was was his costume and there you go you got him in the dinosaur uh, after all yeah exactly Nice. What about you? Um, Cole was uh, Baby Groot, and it was awesome. <laughs> like his his Groot, my man. Yeah, his his Groot costume was amazing, considering uh, it didn't look like it was going to turn out the way that it did when we ordered because we ordered it, and uh, when he got it, it it was perfect because uh, with his stature, um, being Baby Groot, and again the way that the mask went, it it he looked awesome, and he's just running around just being being crazy he refused to answer anyone um when they asked him a question with i am groot like he would he, i was like come on man you got to do this at least once like somebody says anything yeah. anything to you you just say i am groot and he said no man i don't want to. okay <laughs> that's like part of the costume yeah, i know but um anyway and then macy had uh this outfit that was a peacock so she had this adorable little headband that had like feathers across it and then um an outfit that had like a hook for you know a cape or whatever i guess you would call it a peacock has you know their feathers so anyway it was it was fun the weather was amazing uh they didn't have school Mm -hmm. the next day that was the most awesome part that I think as a parent I remember is good weather, didn't have school the next day where we had to rush them home and rush them to bed uh, after they were full of candy, you know, so. Oh, man, we, we had, uh, so we had people over I mentioned, and I bought this, like, cocktail mixing kit and made old fashions. Um, mm. So that's, like, my, my number one favorite mixed cocktail type drink is old fashions and so i bought all the stuff to make it so i had a couple of those and some nice cocktail glasses with the the big um like circle ice cubes in it mm. um and it was mm, it was yeah fantastic. hayden's a circle ice cube guy himself yeah. I, I do like a good ball ice that's yeah. for sure yes yeah balls in your glass balls in sure. your glass yeah hey i think i think that's a good transition to betting in tennessee i, I don't know how balls it's a, and ice balls and ice you just yeah you, you drop they drop the balls <clears throat> right in the glass yeah like, listen right from the kid on sunday your, your balls being in ice is something that happened to uh what needs to happen for a lot of the betters uh general public last week um <laughs> last sunday was announced to be one of the best in the history of the books coming off of you know the week prior where it was the worst in one of the histories of the books 
but betting came live in Tennessee. Uh, it was a whole lot of fun. Uh, we got to put in uh, some live action, boy. Woo! And, Woo! you know, whether it was a $5 bet, a $100 bet, which I, I made a few bets, but I didn't go above uh, $20 was the highest I made on a single bet. Um, and it was late on Monday night, Giants plus four, and they covered because they lost by two. Um, and it was when they were already winning and late in the game. But that was the, the most expensive bet uh, that I made was $20. And I had a lot of fun doing it. We talked about rooting interest in week one. Um, I hit a parlay, which was awesome. Paid out 200 dollars Paid that man his money. I hit a single touchdown score, which was plus 1300 uh, odds. So paid out really nicely. And uh, if you don't know what that means, it's because we haven't explained it to you yet. So uh, that's actually going to be part of something that we want to do for you guys. We want to be able to continue giving education uh, to our listeners that might be beginning betters or prospective betters. Um, so that way they can feel confident, again, in making their own decisions. We, we release five picks a week on the NFL and a couple of you know, funny discussions about parlays and, and fantasy plays, but we're serious about the five picks that we select. If you want to play other things on your own, then we want to be able to make sure that you're feeling equipped when you make those decisions. So we, we do uh, take questions from you guys. Uh, you can email them to us. You can follow us on Twitter. Our email is thebigredvanpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we've gotten from episode one a couple of questions to us personally. And all of them have been around parlays, teasers, and prop bets. Uh, kind of, what do those mean? Do you know more about those? So, Jared, uh, why don't you, uh, since you're our resident uh, uh, guy that explains things, uh, please just uh, let our listeners in a little bit more of the world of the teaser, the parlay, and uh, the player props. All right, buckle in, class. We're uh, we're ready for chapter two here. So last week we went over sides, totals, introduced you into the world of prop bets. But this week's chapter two. Let's move on to parlays, teasers, and let's recap uh, prop bets for you here as well. So parlays. So you know parlay, and I think a lot of people have heard the term. I'm going to parlay this together. I'm going to parlay that together. It's a, it's a funny term that that a lot of people use uh, when it comes to a lot of different things. I'm I'm going to parlay this into a good job, or uh, a lot of different different types of things in culture. Yeah, exactly. You add a few things together. So it's a parlay. What that simply means is I'm going to take uh, multiple teams, two teams, three teams, four teams. And I'm going to put those teams together in a parlay, and I'm going to significantly increase my odds. So let's say I like, um, you know, instead of betting individual games, I want to take Seattle, Arizona, and Miami this weekend. You know, and I want to take all three of those teams and bundle them together into a parlay. Uh, What that means is all three of those teams have to cover the spread in order for you to win. Uh, typically odds on like a three team parlay. If you'd bet $10, you could win about $65. It'll vary a little bit depending on what sports book you're at. So it's really a way for, for somebody to hit the long shot. Um, Wade, tell us a little bit about your parlay you hit this weekend. Cause I feel like this is a, and we were texting back and forth on this. I was pumped when you hit it. 
We were waiting on Pittsburgh to cover. You hit the parlay. Tell us a little bit about about what, what you made happen there. Again, it was the opening day of bets, and I told myself that I was going to put in two parlay bets along with a couple of just straight-up single-game bets. Um, I was able to make something happen. Like you said, I hit uh, Pittsburgh Steelers money line, Raiders money line, Dolphins plus 3.5, and, and Vikings plus 6. Uh, four-way parlay, $10 bet that paid out $204 profit. And the Steelers was the one that was, like you said, making me sweat because the Ravens had the ball driving late in the game uh, to win. And uh, money line bets, again, to refresh, those are ones that don't involve points. It just matters who wins the game. And the Steelers were an underdog, so I had them at a good uh, at plus 180. Uh, Raiders were an underdog, so I had them at a plus money line. And so it added up to good odds to where I was able to put them together and plus 2000 on a $10 bet I won $200. And and it was fun and it was it felt like yes. This this <laughs> yeah. this is proof, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know why this needed to be legal. Um and then I missed on the other one that I made. Um and then I got cocky and made a third one and I lost that and I was like, "Okay, I'm done with parlays today." <laughs> you know. Well, like, yeah, but, but they are called sucker bets for a reason, but you just again, you pick your spots and you be smart about stuff. The only one I was worried about was the Steelers. Like I really felt good about the others, mm-hmm. but in anyway, Jared, go ahead. Oh yeah, no right. I mean that's that's perfect. And like Wade mentioned, you know, a lot of people in the industry will refer to parlays as sucker bets because they're a little bit harder to hit. But man, parlays are fun. And you know, from this point forward, after Wade hitting that hard fourteen parlay with two underdogs on the money line, Wade's the parlay king. Boom. And to be the I'll parlay it. king, it, do- it doesn't mean you have to hit a lot of them. You just have to bet a lot of them. <laughs> that's Wade's right. gonna bet a lot of parlays. <laughs> that's right. So. So Wade is uh, forever known as the parlay king. So, so uh, do we have a uh, parlay success rate that's considered good? Or oh, I mean, shoot, I mean, I, I would have no idea, and it would probably depend on you know you you bundle you know two team parlays, three team parlays. It's probably that's a really good question. Definitely not easy, man. Uh, you know, anytime you get three or more teams bundled together in a parlay, that's 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 hard to do and and so that was extremely exciting first betting weekend in tennessee to jump on that so so those are parlays now teasers work a little bit differently and that teasers allow you to move the line in your favor the payouts aren't going to be quite as large as a parlay obviously but for instance this weekend let's say i'm just throwing out just random numbers for an example let's say i want to bet on the chiefs that favored by seven and the let's say the miami dolphins are five point underdogs so moving the line six points in your favor what you'll do is you'll bundle at least uh, two or more teams and typically with the nfl it's it's six points so you would take the Chiefs and as a 10-point favorite, you'd move that line six points in your favor, in your favor. So now the Chiefs are a four-point favorite for your teaser. And then the Dolphins, I said, were a five-point underdog. And let's say you want to bet them, you get six points in your favorite there. So um, that would take it from a five-point underdog to an 11-point underdog. 
So now you bundle those together. Both teams have to cover. And um, obviously the the payout's not going to be as big as it would on a parlay, but it's still going to be pretty decent. For my liking, I like two-team teasers. I really, you know, I'll add three, four, five, and that just makes it fun. But um, if I'm going to bet a little bit more, like larger amount of money, if you're going to say, hey, I want to bet $50 or 100 bucks." And if you find two teams you really like and you move that line six points in your favor, usually a two-team teaser is like even odds. So you bet 100 to win 100. So that gives you a little bit of an example on on, on what a teaser is. Yeah, and I'm not there. gonna be <clears throat> I'm not gonna be your teaser guy. That doesn't <laughs> that I wouldn't be in on that. Yeah, I mean Jared probably is gonna be able to give you a little more uh, guidance when it comes to teasers. Not not your guy over here, but parlays. Boom, I'll take it uh, <laughs> all day long. I've got a ten dollar parlay already lined up for this weekend. That includes Green Bay before the news about San Francisco came out and the line exploded and, and all that. The line opened at minus two for that Green Bay game. And now it's Did at, it like, really? now it's at seven. <laughs> so wow. anyway, they're part of my ten team parlay that I put together five dollars to to win a stack. So um, nice. that's where I'm gonna have fun with it. I said five dollars, right? Like instead of me getting honey buns and fountain drinks, you know, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll get me a I'll get me a parlay. <laughs> That's what okay. I'm here. Yeah. 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 So give me, a, give me one of them parlay tickets. Um, so player yeah, props. So that, like let's oh, let's talk yeah. about that. So yeah. we we introduced those a little bit last week. You talked, I think, about um, touchdown passes or passing yards. Tom Brady. I remember us talking about Tom Brady. One of my favorites that I found was first player touchdown or first touchdown scorer. I should say. That was one that I, I want to bet on, but I also feel like after thinking about it and looking at it again for the Monday night game, that there can be some type of a formula that goes in. Obviously, there's luck and, and all of that with who wins the game or the, the coin flip and, and all that, but I feel like there can be some type of a formula you can put together mathematically to, to cover your butt and possibly win some big money. So, Jared, kind of what I'm talking about is, like, select four or five guys or so that have the highest likelihood of scoring first and and put varying amounts of money on these people. You can do the math to cover yourself in case the lowest payout hits. Um, And, for example, like, Boston Scott in the Philadelphia game was, like, plus 570 in the highest probability to score first. So I put a bet on him that would have paid out, I think, like, around $40. Then... I picked four other guys at juicier payouts that through my fantasy football plays, I had a feeling but one of these four guys could score, but they were at juicy, juicier payouts. So I put varying amounts of money on them that added up to no more than $40. So that way, if my lowest payout, most likely person to score hit, then it would cover all of my other bets, right? Yeah. Obviously, if none of them mm-hmm. hit, then I lose all my money, right? right. And I lose my, my $40. Right. But I put $10 on Jalen Rieger, who was plus 1,300 odds to hit. I knew that it was his first week back from injury, and it's like something in the, an unwritten rule in the NFL when someone's first week back from injury or suspension or you get COVID, the ball a lot. you're getting the ball, yeah. especially like in the red zone. They're going to try to welcome you back with a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time. 
So when when I heard he was back and active, I'm like, okay, I'm taking this for sure. And I put ten dollars on him at plus thirteen hundred, one hundred thirty dollars. Nice. So in in the first weekend, I was able to hit on two, and I felt justified. But it's not like I'm out there wagering hundreds of dollars. I wagered forty dollars on that prop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there were some guys earlier this year. I was telling Wade that uh, the quarterback to first to score the the TD props are always really huge. So and there was a stretch there where on like Thursday night and Sunday night games where quarterback rushing touchdowns were happening left and right. And you'd see the little tweets coming out where so and so bet a hundred dollars or five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars and netted like twenty thousand dollars on yeah. that the you know touchdown score prop, which seems crazy. I mean, somebody has to have a lot of money to sprinkle on all those, but uh, quarterback props are, or those are pretty long odds as well. They're fun. They're fun. Again, we're not talking about betting your mortgage. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about these little things that you can have fun with. But, Two dollars. But the straight up, yeah. but the straight up picks, the ones that we pick um, against the spread that we keep our record on. Uh, we will bring you more of that on how we did on week seven, uh, or excuse me, week eight on the next segment and then in the final segment of the show we'll give you our week nine picks and how we're feeling with everything going on covid related a couple of teams some backup quarterbacks in the mix Um, but all of that will come up after the next break Hey, I'm already home, and I'm done betting on the Bills. So um, <laughs> two and three when I bet on my favorite team, the Buffalo Bills. I'm done jinxing my own team. Welcome back to the Scared Money Podcast. We're going to bring you our review of week eight. We're going to bring you some things that maybe we learned, like I said, my record against my favorite team. And uh, But first, Jared has something that's really awesome that came his way. Uh, that's relative to the betting markets and those that are new, especially here in Tennessee. Um, so re- really good stuff. Jared, why don't you go ahead and uh, and share that info with our listeners? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, obviously betting had just opened in Tennessee. So I thought it would be a, a good opportunity to talk about kind of the, the betting dynamics in Tennessee and, and what the options are and, and uh, what some of the sportsbook operators are um, operating under, if you will, at this time. So currently in, with Tennessee, it's they're very unique in that they're the only state that the betting options are online only options. So currently there's four options for betting in Tennessee, uh, bet MGM draft Kings and FanDuel, which are obviously the big national players that are, that built their brands on DFS and, uh, Tennessee action 24 seven is the more regional state only, um, operation that's is that is in play right now. Yeah, so I've actually not to uh, cut you off. I've actually heard sure. a lot of radio announcements, advertisements mm-hmm. for uh, Action Two Four Seven, and how it's um, Tennessee owned, Tennessee operated, and it's one. It's the only one that's been granted their license. So they are definitely heavily marketing themselves, at least as much as they can. 
to some important markets. I mean, we live outside of Knoxville, so one of their most important markets to hit. Lots of sports betting types here in a college town like Knoxville. So, yeah, they they yeah. are blanketing this area with radio advertisements just as much as uh, DraftKings and FanDuel. So I can say that from personal experience. Action two four seven is they're they're trying to keep up. Yeah, and and that's interesting because you know being the regional player, it'll be interesting to see what happens kind of as time goes on and um, with some of the rules in place that they have to follow if they'll be able to survive as kind of the you know smaller kid on the block with the. 800 pound gorillas like Fandle and DraftKings. And so a couple of, uh, of things here to note in terms of the sportsbook operators and kind of what they have to um, abide by and, and the, the regulation in the state of Tennessee. Um, first of all, all of these uh, sportsbook operators are subject to a $750,000 annual fee. So in order to, to yeah, in, in order to play in Tennessee, they have to pony up three quarters of a million dollars annually to take bets in Tennessee. Um, in addition to that, these sports books um, are ordered to buy official league data, and and I believe that yeah, I the reasoning that, I thought that was crazy. Yeah, and well, and I think the reason being is that I, there, if you're going to offer live betting um, as part of your sites, I believe that was part of the deal when it comes to you know having uh, ordering them to buy that league data. So live game betting is where, like, throughout as the game is going on, you can you know odds will change, lines will change depending on the score. So yeah, but um, you know, I mean. DraftKings is the official partner of the NFL. So you think DraftKings has to buy that data from the NFL? No, no, absolutely I not. Mean, you wouldn't, so, yeah, you get, wouldn't think, right? BetMGM is the official sponsor of the Tennessee Titans. You know, like, I wonder how that works. And that's, I mean, now that you mentioned that, them being partners, like, all it does is help each other because people want to gamble on stuff, but then they end up watching it because they bet on it correct and they try to buy lots of different games so they can watch all the different games they have money on so therefore they get better ratings i mean like it's just like a cyclical thing it's a goose and gander situation yes absolutely it'd be dumb to partner together on it right oh yeah absolutely great points and you know a couple other things here uh regarding the rules here 20 percent tax on all gross gaming revenue for the state of tennessee so um, on the profits that th- that these companies make, they have to pay twenty percent in terms of the taxes on that. So, listen, this uh, is supposed it, to be a sixty billion dollar industry. So, right, you know, like you know that the United States is going to get a huge percentage of that. So, even if it's just fifty percent in the thirty billion dollar market, like twenty percent tax on a thirty billion dollar market, that's a whole lot of cheese. So, so now, I, know, I, know, oh, I, yeah. I know that's not all coming to Tennessee, but let's just. There's not a whole lot of states that have it opened up right now, you know? There's a lot of people from Kentucky and from Georgia and from neighboring states that all you have to do is be present in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Like, you drive over the border. Like, you can sit in your well, yeah, car. Yeah, because you can at, drive to Las Vegas and go gamble. Yeah, man. You can sit in your exactly. car at the rest area over the border and then start placing all your bets. Yeah, it uses, like, location services, and it, like, verifies your position. Then go home, watch the games, and then come back and cash your bet out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> at the rest stop. <laughs> I know it's right. so weird how that works though but yeah, yeah it's like like when you're logging into the app it's like 
checking location. Like you have to but have that ability. But that's just on. extra revenue for the state. You know, yeah. like that's uh, just yeah. extra money for the state. It's like our whole stance on BRV about legalizing marijuana. It's like, what in the hell is the holdup already? Mm-hmm. Like, do you just not want this money? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like you're yeah. just, you don't just, want so, this money. Like, regardless of whether you're gonna yeah. you're gonna you know use it or whatever, smoke it. Like, do you not want your state to have the money? Like, yeah. So anyway, Jared, I don't mean to. Yeah. It, well, oh no, that, 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 that's absolutely great points. And twenty percent tax. I mean that, and that's a little high. Um, it's not the highest in the nation. It's not the lowest, for example, um, right now in Iowa, which is, you know, close to where I'm at here in Kansas, um, they impose a 10% tax on, on the revenue. And, um, the highest recorded is in Pennsylvania. They tax it 36%. Yikes. So, so, I mean, a lot of revenue to be made there. Now, going along with the tax, I think one of the other uh, unique features in Tennessee is there's a minimum 10% hold rate. Um, 10% hold rate. What that means is that's the amount of profit that Tennessee is requiring you to make, essentially, on your, uh, you know, the, the wagers that you're taking. So, with a 750000 dollar annual fee in Tennessee in a required 10% hold rate or profit rate. Essentially it's, it's, you know, that's the money that you're holding after, um, you know, all of your wagers are taken and, and that's your profit essentially 10%. So you have to take at a 10% hold rate, you need to take a minimum of $7,500,000 worth of bets in order to even start breaking even. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, and, and with the 20% tax rate, that's where kind of the, they're talking about how it's going to be harder for the little guys or the more regional players to make it in Tennessee. And it's why DraftKings and FanDuel and BetMGM are, um, you know, are, are likely to gain first mover advantage and really gain market share because they can afford to to operate at a loss in Tennessee because they they make so much money elsewhere to where you know they can afford to come in they can pay the 20% tax they can maintain the 10% hold rate um doesn't matter i mean they can they can make it work and really gain significant market share so i thought that was really interesting just some kind of average numbers when I dug into this a little bit further um, in Las Vegas. So all of the Las Vegas sports books, legal Nevada sports books, the handle, which is the amount of money that they take in wagers. So that the total amount of wagers every year is $3.36 billion yeah. average. And this is over the last 10 years. So in, in an average, in, in an average year over the last 10 years, billion of legal bets in Nevada, profit of $236 million, and so a hold rate or a profit percentage of 7%, little over 7, 7.13%. So in Tennessee, you know, Tennessee is the only state that is requiring this, this hold rate. And so now they're asking, so for Tennessee betters, what are these sports books going to do to maintain this higher profit percentage 
Um, some people incentivize are speculating. Incentivize well, parlays. <laughs> yes. yes. Incentivize and, the parlays. Yep. Incentivize parlays, future bets, things of that nature to where there's a little bit higher, a little bit higher profit percentage in those. Um, also, and something to be mindful of Tennessee betters is increasing the VIG or the, the juice that you're paying. If you're going in and betting on lines and you're seeing a lot of minus 115 and minus 20, that means you're, you're getting you know 15 to 20 percent juice on on your bets, and that's just cutting into your profits. So you've got four options there. You know, if you need to shop around, DraftKings, Fanduel, check around, get the best odds because that's that's going to work to your favor. That's profit. Hopefully, yeah, and uh, and like play. you said, with the the hold rate that's required, they're gonna give mm-hmm. you benefits. They're gonna give you offers. It's been legal for a handful of days, literally mm-hmm. four days, and I've already heard or seen myself on three different sites. I have FanDuel Sportsbook, BetMGM, and DraftKings all downloaded on my phone. I've only placed bets on Kings, but they mm-hmm. all have crazy different types of promotions, um, odds mm-hmm. boosts, all these different things that they're doing to. To, and it's all because of Jared's point. So uh, it makes sense to me as someone who saw it with my own eyes, all the boosts, all the crazy little th- the promotions they're doing, and then heard you explain it three days later. It just makes total sense. So any Tennessee player that played a little bit on Sunday or maybe looked at it on Sunday and Monday and wagered a few different games, they know what you're talking about. So now, now it makes sense why they're seeing so many things like that. Yeah, and right. And hopefully it's not going to be a big issue because uh, from what I'm reading, the penalty for not maintaining a 10% hold rate, which they haven't, the state of Tennessee hasn't even clearly defined, like, uh, you know, how is that going to be measured? At what point in time are they even going to look at that? So it's very ambiguous at this point. And the penalty is $25,000 annually. FanDuel and DraftKings. Yeah, this nothing. So likely what could happen here is that FanDuel DraftKings say, no, screw it. We're going to give our 10% odds because we're going to gain market share. We'll pay the $25,000 annual because we're going to get so many bets coming in the door. We're going to make our our money hand over fist, and and we're all about market share in Tennessee. Um, So it's just really interesting to see how this is going to play out. And um, one more quick key point because, you know, when we're talking about the vig and the juice i i just wanted to kind of dumb it down and, and maybe add this into the betting education segment and talking about how sports books make money and kind of an easy way to understand that and we're talking about minus 110 minus 115 minus 120 well the goal obviously of the sports books is to get even money bet on a game on both sides so you let's say a, a game is is minus 110 um, those are the odds, whether you bet the underdog or you bet the favorite. And let's say an even $100,000 was wagered on the favorite and $100,000 was wagered on the underdog. Well, obviously, uh, you know, one of those teams is, is going to win that bet. And so the winning bet, if, you know, at, at $100,000 at minus 110, they're going to pay out $90,000 of winnings on that bet. For the losing bets, they're going to collect the $100,000. So they just made a profit of $10,000 at a minus 110 or 10% VIG. 
you know, they start digging deeper into that and go minus 115, minus 20. That's just more profit that the sports books are making. So hopefully that helps to understand why sports books, why, why lines move when lines open up and a lot of money comes in on the favorite lines are going to move in order for money to come in on the other side so that it evens it out and, and sports books make their sure, money. So. Sure. And here we are on Wednesday, November 4th, recording this episode a day after the presidential election. And, you know, um, not to say anything politically one way or the other, but we saw those betting lines move like mad um, mm. in the middle of the evening yesterday. And how by 10 p.m., it w- it had flipped from... 5 p.m. 68% Biden to 10 p.m. 60% Trump favored to win. And you, I mean, if you ever were to see a sports event flip like that in that short amount of time, like you would think that the apocalypse was happening. So, (laughs) like, you know, like it's just, it was, um, I think it was interesting to watch the the betting markets uh, move that fast so much money so much interest by the books needing the money to be even on both sides mm-hmm. so that they didn't lose their ass mm-hmm. um but yeah so anyway i think that you explained all that really really well as to why we're seeing what we're seeing because like i said as as a better in tennessee i saw all of that with my own two eyes so but i i, I appreciate that and, and the fact that you're in kansas and you're seeing those kinds of stories as well and Tennessee is is standing out right now because we are the newest state to legalize it. A lot of people just voted to possibly legalize it in their state. I think there's three more states that are uh, that could come live um, as early as like January or February because of elections that just went happened yesterday. So it's it's going to come in in more areas, and we mm-hmm. just need more people to be educated on stuff, and and that's why we've got uh Professor Earn over there. Do you want to go to war, Malaki? Yes, sir. Uh, but anyway, let's get under our picks for last week. Um, we we talked about how maybe uh, we would identify some some betting history uh, for ourselves or any trends that we had on our own picks, and maybe kind of what we learned overall. I uh, I guess I'll go ahead and start off. I went three and two last week, so back to my winning ways. I'll take it. High five. Um, bringing me to twenty one and eighteen and one. Overall, uh, we'll just go 21 and 18, three games into profit, uh, eight weeks into the season. Very happy about that because of one bad week that I had one and four in week two. It's kind of got my record skewed, but I've, I've had six out of eight winning weeks. So I, I feel really good about where I'm at on the season. And this is kind of how my week went. Atlanta, Carolina over 49 was a loss for me. Uh, good old Teddy Two Gloves just didn't have it in this one. Uh, I thought he looked confused and rattled by pressure for much of the game. He threw for under 200 yards. Uh, Curtis Samuel was the only bright spot for Carolina. He had a big fantasy day. I missed that in uh, uh, fantasy as well. So it was just an overall huge miss for me. Atlanta's run defense seems to be improving week by week. So I've been trying to keep an eye on that. They shut down Mike Davis. Uh, Mike, Dav- Mike Davis. Calvin Ridley lost. Didn't help Matt Ryan's chances at hitting a high number of points. So it just was total ugliness. Uh, the final total was 42 points. Carolina did have two chances towards the end of the game to to hit at least a push for me, and and it just didn't it just didn't happen. So um, I am one in four betting Carolina this year. You lose. So I went on a rant on our first episode. 
saying something about Carolina and how they play people tough. And every word I said was utter garbage. Just disregard everything I said last episode about the Carolina Panthers. They are an awful football team. I'm one in four when betting on them. I'm not betting on them again. So I mean, I'm just... not the expert here, but me and you both went for two of the same games, and we both missed. Yeah. I, I also was planning on the Panthers to cover didn't happen i was like surely at home a two-point win like are we a three-point win like they can do that right surely to god you would think no and then of course i know you're talking about the bills here in a minute (laughs) yeah my my next game i guess yeah you you alluded to it the bills minus three and a half we all three had this game and i said it on episode one and it was a surefire loss because of that uh all three of us picked it so therefore it just it just had to be a losing bet bills win 24 21 um, back-to-back weeks, the Bills could have, should have, would have had blowout wins, um, and they turned into grinded-out style games. Came down to the last possession or two. Uh, thankfully for the division standings and the fact that they're my favorite team, they won the game. But again, I'm done betting on them. I'm two and three betting on the Bills, so I'm jinxing them every game that I've bet on them. They've lost. Don't they have three losses on the season? Oh yeah, I've bet on them for those three losses. I'm gonna take credit <laughs> for that. Um, I'm done betting on the Bills. So since we all bet on it, um, Hayden, any anything for you on on the Bills? Because that was kind of like a a hate Pat's pick for you. Um, no, yeah, that was basically what it was for me. Is uh, I thought the Bills at home. You know, easy win over the Pats. You would have thought. And, like, you know, I figured it would be an easy cover, just like how you were thinking. And, of course, um, you know, they just, like you said, it turned into a grind-out game where there was no no major points scored. Yeah, and really, they were lucky to to hold on and win. I was also on Buffalo minus three and a half. And, you know, it just shows the NFL. It's how hard to bet on these games is, you know, the Patriots have no receivers. They have nothing going on. They they you know, they had poor showings the last couple of weeks and they come out, they're running the ball all over Buffalo. They have the ball, you know, with a chance to take a lead with a touchdown in the end and Cam Newton fumbles and the Buffalo recovers. So, I mean, not only did they not cover, they really had a, a chance of losing that game late. Um, and I wish they would have since they weren't going to cover the bet, but you know, that didn't happen. So what can you do Okay, on to my next game, Pittsburgh-Baltimore. This was a fun one because, like we uh, mentioned earlier, it was the final leg of my four-way parlay to cash me two bills, yo. Oh, hot. Yeah, I had Baltimore-Pittsburgh over 46.5. I said on episode one that this was an easy over for me. Um, I did feel confident about the number uh, as the over, um, although I didn't feel confident really about my uh, my parlay pick until the ball hit the ground <laughs> at the end of the game. But um, total fi- total finished at 52. Easy over, 28-24 Pittsburgh win. The Steelers are solidifying themselves as, as a legitimate contender for the Chiefs in the AFC. Their defense is menacing. And as long as they can keep Big Ben protected and healthy, I think they can make a push for the Super Bowl, possibly. Baltimore, on the other hand, is not at all what the preseason hype made them out to be, in my humble opinion. Lamar seems not only to have zero improvement on his accuracy, it might even be fair to say that he's regressed as a passer completely. Spy defenses haven't seemed too difficult for teams to figure out. They keep his running prowess in check, and he's just not equipped to play from behind effectively. Both the Chiefs and the Steelers have proven that, and I just don't think that any team that jumps out on Baltimore is going to have to worry about Lamar chasing them down. So um, 
I, I liked that bet. thought it was a low number. Proved to be true, and, and I'll take that one to the bank. Um, my next game was another one I called an easy over. It was 49ers Seahawks over 54. Um, I'm going to admit I was scared early on in the game. It's like that old meme. They had us at halftime. I'm not going to lie. But the final score ended up being 37-27. Total of 64 points and another easy over when betting on Seattle. Like I said last week, the combo of their incredible offense and their league worst defense is like the perfect ingredients to an overbet. Like this is the one is not 59. Give it to me. Seattle burst out of the gates to the lead that they just wouldn't look back on. I think um, last week it was Tyler Lockett show with 15 catches, 200 yards, three touchdowns, something like that. This week it was DK Metcalf, 12 catches, 160 yards, two touchdowns. We're going to see that every week from these guys. Um, they face up with a, a defense that's hurt like the 49ers are, then they're going to go off. They're up 31-6, and then uh, I'm starting to lose hope. My best friend Nick Mullins comes in for 250 second half yards, two touchdowns to hit that over. Uh, I'll take it. Jared, you were on this game too, right? Yeah, I had Seattle minus three. Um, thought that was just uh, easy money. San Francisco's got a lot of injuries. I think, uh, you know, obviously Nick Mullins came in the second half of the game. By wet, by then, it was well in doubt. Made me sweat a little bit, but Seattle all over San Francisco after they had lost the previous week to Arizona. So I felt really good about that one, and, and that, that uh, cashed and took it to the bank. That's what I'm talking about. My final game was one that, again, I uh, said this. And, and again, I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to – Say I said this on a prior episode and I was right because normally I say I said this on a prior episode and I was wrong. So I have a couple different instances where I feel like I called it. And one of them was the line moving from a favorable number early to an unfavorable number late. And that showed itself um, a lot of different ways. For me, it was in the Philly-Dallas game. Uh, the line opened up, I think, at like six and a half or seven. I got it at eight. And at game time, it was ten and a half. So I I was um, obliterating the Cowboys for how terrible of a football team they are last week. Uh, I'm going to triple down on that statement. <laughs> they are even worse than I thought. Um, Danucci needs to go back to bagging groceries like Jared was talking about. There's some <laughs> there's an open challenge at quarterback camp in in Dallas. So Jerry Jones is literally inviting like the gardener and the pool boy and some boy named Gilbert to come <laughs> throw passes and see if they can um, unseat the nooch. But minus eight, I thought was an easy number. They ended up winning by 14 or so. Um, but again, came down to the final drive where. Nooch is throwing. I'm gonna start calling him Nooch from now on. Nooch is throwing a pass into the end zone at the end of the game to to hit a backdoor cover, and you know I'm I'm having to sweat. It's just it's that better sweat. Uh, it doesn't matter what you bet. It's uh it's always coming down to it, right? So those are my five three and two last week. Back to my winning ways. So uh, Jared, you were on the two of those. So what were your other three games? Right, so I also finished three and two. Back on my bullshit. Back on my winning ways. Surprise, motherfucker! Um, I had Pittsburgh plus three and a half against Baltimore. I know you had the over under in this game. Um, as I mentioned last week, I like teams that I feel are better and are getting points. In this case, point being uh, Pittsburgh getting three and a half points. I felt like they were the better team. They won the game outright. Wade had him in the parlay. 
outstanding bet. Talked about we had Seattle minus three against San Francisco. Um, had the Buffalo minus uh, three and a half against New England, lost that one. So my other two, Detroit plus three against Indianapolis. I just, I really uh, un, uh, uh, overestimated Detroit here uh, and maybe underestimated Indianapolis. I've, I've been kind of hard on on Phillip Rivers. I just don't feel like in the long term he's going to get it done. But he was on fire in this game against against Detroit, throwing the ball deep. Um, they were just firing on all, all cylinders, so couldn't do much about that. That ended forty-one to twenty-one Indianapolis, so I was way off there. Yeah, and then I, didn't, thing, I, I didn't see that coming either, man. That was yeah. a total surprise. Um, Philip Rivers is bound to have those kinds of games, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. Every now and then he'll he'll catch lightning in a bottle and he'll throw a few touchdowns, but then the next week he's throwing pick yeah, sixes five picks. and you yeah. know four four interceptions and he's yelling at people all over the sidelines and so yeah, that's that's Philip Rivers and then uh, so that was my fourth and then last but not least, my Miami Dolphins plus 4 at home. Uh, just taking the Los Angeles Rams to the woodshed defensively. Tua's first start. Tua didn't have to do much. Um, only threw the ball like 14 times or something like that. Perfect game for him to get his feet wet, get the rust out. Got hit by Aaron Donald earlier and caused a fumble. Ended up throwing a touchdown pass. Miami's defense suffocated. And then we look up and don't look now, but Miami's defense, the number one scoring defense in the NFL, allowing teams 18.6 points a game, um, was thrilled with that with that game and and uh, and, and happy overall with the three and two. Week. Listen, Miami looked really really good. That was one of the things that I learned last last week was Miami is a legit has a legit roster. Like they they are a good football team with a bunch of dudes that you probably haven't heard of that will smack you in the mouth. Um, they they are they are a good football team. I as a Bills fan am worried about them, um, especially for years to come. I think Tua is the real deal, and and he'll he'll work it out. I mean, game one against Aaron Donald is is no, you know, no task that I would ask on anybody. But um, I, I'm worried about the Dolphins, man. They look really really good. So. Yeah, kudos to them. Hayden, you had uh, a couple of other games, right? What, yeah, so what, what we, we already talked Panthers and Falcons. We missed that. Bills and Pats, we missed that. So what was your record last week? I um, didn't hit yours, I'm sorry. Two and three. Okay, um, your the, first week, two and three, not yeah, so bad. I also had the game that um, Big Earn was just talking about, Dolphins and Rams. Yeah. Um, so I did hit that. Your Big Earn pick cashed. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, and then I also missed Chargers and Broncos. So I was like, I, I was uh, just feeling the Chargers because of. Uh, so what did you have them at? Chargers uh, minus three and a half. Minus three and a half, right. and Denver scored a right. touchdown on the last play of the game for them to lose. Yeah, that, so. yeah, and it, they had a big lead. I mean, that's one of those bets, Hayden, where we talked about it last week, where you feel like you were on the even though the bet lost you still feel like you were on the right side there right and yeah. they had a big lead denver storm back it's like that that kind of stuff just doesn't happen often so that was that was tough uh but my other big one which was uh the chiefs versus the jets there you go 
So I, I had, you were like, "That's the Jets." Yep. I don't care if you yeah. give me a hundred. Yeah. I was like, I was like, the, you know, I'm not an expert on this stuff, but I was like, I at least know the Jets are terrible and the Chiefs are good. And when I saw a cover of 19.5, I was like, surely we can do this. Listen, I'm not gonna lie. I, I told you that I put together three parlays. One of those parlays had the Jets winning on the money line because it was like plus 1500, and, and they were at home, <laughs> and they were at home. So, so I was just like, right. it, it's like a perfect storm. Yeah, I mean, I only put $5 on it because I I don't root against the Chiefs. You know, I don't root for them to lose. But had they lost, I wanted to win money on it was kind of the way I looked at it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, all right, so that's our picks for last week. Jared, uh, what's your record on the year again? I don't think uh, you hit uh, that. It's 2014-1. Uh, and one. Woo, so, my uh, man. thinking, yeah, a little bit about 58%, so I'm still – Still in the positive, so, looking to. So Jared's five games behind me. Um, if you can do math and understand the, he's twenty fourteen and one, and I'm twenty one eighteen and one. So he's just one one and four week behind me. So he just needs to. I mean, again, I'm not wishing this on anybody, <laughs> but I'm saying that if he has a one and four week like I did, then uh, we'll be even. We'll have exactly the same record. Um, I don't think I'll ever have a one and four week. I'm going to go ahead and put mm. that on record right now. All right, now. bigger and put it on record. Yeah, that's a bigger and guarantee. Listen, all right, I, I'm going to have to cool down after that. So we're going we're gonna to take a break. Uh, PSB to the worst degree. Uh, listen to the Big Red Van podcast if you want to know what that means. And we'll catch you right after the break to get the week nine picks. We are here with our pick segment of the show. Um, we're going to give you everything that you need to play to win big money. Huge. It's a 5 and 0 weekend. Guaranteed winners. <laughs> Scared money, guaranteed winners. You Parlay can't say King. That. <laughs> Parlay King giving you the parlay picks that will guarantee to lose you some money. All right, let's start off. Uh, Jared, why don't you go first with your five picks this week? Lead us off with what do you have? Big Earns, Big Five of the Week. I'll it's lead your off boy, with, Big Earn. It's your boy, Big Earn. Guaranteed winners. Um, one of the things I noticed when I was looking at some of my betting trends throughout the year, I'm 4-0 and also 1-0 on over-unders with my Miami Dolphins. Humble brag. So humble brag. bet against them. Yeah, bet against them or bet on them five times. I'm four and zero on sides and one and zero on over unders betting them. So, but this week I'm actually not going to be betting on them. I'm going to bet against them. E. I just, yeah, Arizona minus five. Um, I it, it, Miami's got the number one scoring defense in the NFL, but running quarterbacks have kind of been our kryptonite and. Kyler Murray scares me, and I, I think that they're going to have trouble containing him. I see the game being like 24-17 Cardinals, um, so I'll take Arizona minus five in that one. 
Um, and then it, within that same game, like I said, I think it's 24, uh, 17 is kind of where I see that at, um, the over under right now, is it like 48? I like that under. So I think, yeah, I, I like low forties in this game, two teams that can play a little bit of defense. So I think Miami will probably struggle a little bit offensively. So I, I think, uh, I'm going to take the under in that as well. So you got the um, you have Arizona minus five and the under in the same game. In the same game, got yep, it. exactly. And what, what's the, what's I, the I, number I, on that again? Uh, Forty-eight. Got it. And then um, I really didn't like the board this week. Um, a lot of the games, uh, yeah. You know, my third game would be Seattle, um, and when I bet it, it was at two and a half against Buffalo. I just, I still don't know about Buffalo. I, I feel like Seattle rebounded last week against San Francisco and looked really, really good. Buffalo struggled like three straight games. Um, so I, you know, give me Seattle in a field goal in that game. Green Bay, I'm taking minus six at San Francisco. Um, I bet this before all the COVID news came out today. There's so, I, San Francisco is going to have three guys on the COVID IR list. Jimmy Garoppolo's out. Uh, George Kittle is out for eight weeks, I think. So I, I just I think Green Bay. Uh, I, I like them by a touchdown in this game. And then my last pick, Houston minus seven at Jacksonville when I bet it, and uh, Jacksonville starting the backup quarterback, and I don't even know who he is. Does he look like a bitch? I've never heard of the guy before, so. I'm just going to take Houston based on that and think that they're going to go in there and win by at least a touchdown. So, so those are mine. Is it not Mike Glennon? Is it Matt? Is it Glennon? I think it might be. At least he's he's uh, okay. the next guy on the depth chart. So I mean, you've heard of him, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you've heard, yeah. You've heard his name. Uh, yeah, but. not a believe big believer in Matt Glennon. I'll say that. Yeah, I I don't know really what to think about that. I mean, I'll get to more of this later. I think that James Robinson is actually kind of a sneaky play because I think that Glennon will check down to him, and I think not to play in daily fantasy the Jacksonville wide receivers on uh, for the same reason uh, because uh, Mike Glennon's just Mike Glennon. So, yeah, I, I liked that game. I didn't like it enough to bet on it, uh, but I do like it a lot for daily fantasy purposes. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of – because Houston's defense is terrible. So uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's the thing that scared me about the number seven. So um, I, I've taken Jacksonville plus seven before, and I just – it. It burned me, so I just stayed away from it. But I'll, I'll jump into mine real fast. I have Tennessee minus five and a half versus the Bears. Uh, I thought that that was a weak number. Um, Chicago has is going to be missing around four offensive linemen for this game. Tennessee's defense is due for some sacks. Shout out to our our guy Alan Bell on Twitter. He pointed out he's a stats guy, and he pointed out how the two ends. Landry and Clowney for the Titans are in the top 15 in pressures, and they are in the bottom in sacks. So that just means they're getting there. They're just not getting home. So when they finally do, it's going to happen in waves. I like Tennessee to make that happen against Chicago this week, so I'll take them minus 5.5. My second game is Atlanta minus 3.5 at Denver. I just think that Atlanta is starting to figure a few things out. 
they're not perfect, but they were able to get past Carolina. They were able to hold them off last week. They had an extra day of rest coming off the Thursday night game. Denver's defense is bad. Um, Atlanta's offense is good. Uh, so I, I'll take them uh, at three and a half, uh, even though it's in Denver. Uh, my next game is one that I put a star behind because of some news that came out today. Um, I think I don't know if it came out while we were recording. I didn't know it until after we started recording. But I have Detroit plus four at Minnesota. Um, Matt Stafford, starting quarterback for Detroit, is, has been put in COVID-19 protocol because he is a high-risk contact trace. So he still has a chance to play Sunday if he tests negative for five straight days. But if he doesn't, that number expect that number to go way, way up. And I missed out on some extra points by betting it at plus four. But I have Detroit to win that game. I like them there. Um, the Giants and the Washington football team. I have them over 42. I'm taking that bet because it's a tiny number. Um, I just saw the Giants put up 25 points on the Buccaneers defense. I saw Washington put up 25 points against Dallas. I think the Giants defense is just as bad as Dallas's. So um, that's 50 right there, well over 42. I'm going to take that just by uh, my Wade math there. And then my final game is Baltimore-Indianapolis. This is probably the one that I was most iffy about. Um, I have the over 46-and-a-half. Their offenses are fully capable. I mean, Indy just put up 41 points last week. Baltimore's got Lamar Jackson and playmakers all over the field. If they can figure it out, then this should be an easy over. Um, I don't think this is going to be as big of a defensive struggle as some people are making it out to be. Yes, Indianapolis has a good defense, but Baltimore, I think, will be able to finally figure some things out, put some points up. I have Baltimore winning outright in this game, but I'd rather play the over at 46 and a half. So those are my five picks. Play them in a parlay. Put all your rent money down on it, and you will uh, get rich. There you go. All right, you ready to hear mine? Yes. All right, so my – man, I love how I pick these things. So Let um, me hear it. So first of all, I stuck to last week the home teams are what – Got me messed up. So okay, this week I'm going all home teams. Also going all Sunday games at 1 p.m. Mm. Um, so you just threw the other ones out regardless of the number. Yeah, regardless I, of how I, good I strictly, it was. I strictly, <laughs> strictly am going down the list. Uh, this is how I wanted to go. Okay. Um, but there were some, there were still some choices in this. So of why? So my I just first, think you put yourself in a box. No, no I mean you'll you'll see where I'm getting at. So, okay. So my first one was at, uh, Atlanta versus Broncos. Atlanta at home. I think you also picked that game. Yeah, I have. Uh, I have a minus three and a half. I was actually able to get them at minus four. Okay. Um, and so that's that's my first one. Okay. Um, then I also went uh, Titans versus Bears. I have it at minus five point five. Okay. Titans. I think Titans at home. I have the same. Are going to yeah. be great. They've been doing really good this season, so I think that they can make that for sure. My third pick was the Chiefs versus the Panthers. The Panthers let me down last week, yeah. Um, so I'm just saying, Panthers, you suck. So the Chiefs are good. Let's hopefully they can destroy the Panthers and cover that ten and a half. Um, and then my uh, fourth pick is the Vikings versus the Lions. Had the Vikings at minus four. Um, so I'm on that game, but I'm on the Lions at those four points. We'll so you're on the on. opposite yeah. side of it. Okay. So at least we're not all picking the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, and then I did pick an over game, uh, Seahawks and Bills, over 54. I know that sounds crazy high. Ooh. But I just feel like the Seahawks have a killer offense. The Bills have a good offense, but the Bills also let a lot of points by. 
So I'm thinking the combined factor of all those things might get me over 54. Listen, I think 54 yeah. is it's a good number for a, C, a game involving Seattle, to be honest with you. Because Seattle, you just feel like they're putting up 35, 38 points a week, regardless of who they play. You know, it just it. So therefore, their opponent just has to get in the 20s mm-hmm. um, for the number to hit. And Buffalo is fully capable of doing that. Buffalo is fully capable of winning that game because Seattle's defense is that bad. But it just depends on which Josh Josh Allen is going to show up, and and if they're going to be able to run the football or not, because he has been exposed a little bit. Uh, they're not who they thought that people thought that they were after their hot start coming out of the gate. So I I as a Bills fan, obviously I'm going to be critical of them, but I, I'm kind of worried about them. But I think I like your pick there of the over your Chiefs pick, like. I mean, the Chiefs are the best team in football. You know, they've got Patrick Mahomes, and until they don't have Patrick Mahomes, they're going to be the best <laughs> team in football. And um, ten and a half, I think, against a Panthers team that's kind of beat up, they're reeling a little bit. Yeah, I think they're going to beat the shit out of the Panthers. So, well, let's hopefully it makes me lots of money next week. Well, I can't hope for a five and zero week for me and a five and zero week for you because of some of the picks that we have. <laughs> so it's it's all it's all about that Vikings Lions pick right there. Yeah. So that one right there is is the one where I'm like, okay, home teams only for the win this week. One of us is losing a parlay. That's all it means. Yeah, you know. So, oh well. Anyway, so so there's our there's our week nine picks. Hayden two and three on the year. We're we're keeping that. And this week we actually have uh, here in Tennessee anyway. Hayden and I have uh, live money. We showed each other our our bet slips yep. of of our five picks. Um, so we're gonna have some fun with this. But please, if you have any questions, I mentioned it earlier and at the beginning of the show, if you have any questions whatsoever about picks, we're just going to give you our honest opinions on stuff. Uh, we've been some somewhat successful. We're not going to release our taxes to you or anything, but we've been somewhat successful with what we've done. So if, if you want some of our answers, we'll give them to you. The Big Red Van Podcast at gmail.com is our email address for you to submit questions to. Um, or comments or whatever you can review us you can rate us you can leave comments on itunes um, obviously that helps us and we would love to be able to read those on the air and interact with you that way um, but please any questions interact with us we would love to have people on as guests so that way we can get different points of view we're going into weekend number two of betting being live in Tennessee, weekend number one of college football being included in that. So um, look for a bunch of promos around college football. Have fun with it. If you have issues with gambling, please seek help through Tennessee Redline. Uh, it's 1-800-something-something-something-redline. Um, <laughs> that can be a problem. Thank you for listening. Uh, we want to remind you that even though you don't bet your rent money, Jared, what do we say? Scare money, don't make money. (laughs) We'll catch you on the next one.